right, everybody, welcome back to the Coyote Calling Academy. Uh, today we have Scott Hampton on the phone, and we're going to talk about some uh, decoy dogging. So, Scott, would you uh, give an introduction, tell a little bit about yourself? And uh, For 10 years now, and uh, using decoy dog for, I guess, the past seven or eight. Okay. What, what got you into the dogs? Uh, I was watching... Uh, a, a coyote hunting show and a guy named Murphy Love and uh, Cal Taylor they were on there with the dogs and it, something called uh, coyote hunting has gone to the dogs they had a DVD so I ordered it started watching it and I liked it so I blindly jumped into it yeah it, it looks man the action and just the videos and stuff i've seen are is is unreal just i like that up close in your face where they're just barking and and going going at it you know it's it, that's that seems pretty cool to me oh yeah it it is it, it's a rush and, and not a hundred percent of the time but uh most of the time like well, for example, when you're hunting this time of year, if a coyote gets downwind, if it hits your scent cone, it just, it's going to turn and haul butt never to be seen. Yeah. And during the, the fall and the summer when we're using the dogs, coyotes got up and we're out there with the dogs. If I've got a coyote coming in and it hits my scent cone before it locks in on a dog, it's gone just like normal. Uh -huh. But I can have a coyote come in and lock in on the dog and be down half a second later, and typically they don't. It doesn't bother them. They're, they flip the switch and they're in Texas. Okay. and uh, it's neat to see. So you're only running dogs basically in denning season, the summer, spring, summertime. You don't run them at all um, any other time of year or breeding season. Well, whenever whenever my partner and I go hunt. He's about killing coyotes, and he, he doesn't want to watch the dog coyote to the next county and not shoot at it. I totally get that. So typically this time of year, I don't take one. Now, if I go by myself, I did the other day, I took three dogs, and I expected to run coyotes off, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. But um, I, you know, get the dogs out of the yard, and I don't mind the dog. You know, it, it was a good deal for me. So, what uh, um, what kind of dogs are you running? Right now, I've got a a Patterdale Terrier that I use. The the only reason that I ever started using Patterdales was because some of the experts insisted that you couldn't decoy with them because they were just too insane, too uncontrollable, <laughs> and all that. So I've proved them wrong with three or four different ones. Yeah, that makes it. That's what that's what I, fo I followed you on Facebook and stuff for a long time, and that's the one thing I like about you is you don't care what anybody else thinks. You just I'll prove you wrong. I think one of the first posts I seen of you was something about somebody had posted something about had to wear camo or something, and you you posted a picture with a coyote in your underwear and a blue shirt or something like that. And just, oh, yeah. Well, it looks like you can, you know. That's. <laughs> 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 yeah, I I don't know that. I guess in ways that's a good quality, but in ways it's not good quality. Uh, that's, <laughs> that might be the reason I've had so many surgeries. 
<laughs> or what was you just did one was it last year or this year where you spray painted the coyote black or something yeah yeah boy that there were people that they either loved that or they hated it. yeah it, it, <laughs> anymore it, somebody's got to find something to hate on somebody about it seems like you know just just take the joke and laugh you know yeah um yeah so you are you training your dogs yourself or are you getting it done somewhere else kind of what what goes into that as far as teaching the dog what's going on and not having them just chasing them off when they when you first get started if somebody was looking at that well that now and all this is my opinion based off of experience first-hand experience and talking to my all my buddies that have dogs and kind of what we all kind of do the same thing uh one of the dogs that i have now the other dog that's my primary dog she is half donovan pincher and half jack terry and uh if you've never heard of a donovan pincher you need to go to bean and look them up and there it's an interesting story on them they're they're a protection dog but uh I got her from Seth Simpson in Idaho. I had uh, one of my dogs this past year got hurt. Um, coyote came in, and I had two terriers, uh, and they went to it, and one of my dogs broke off to the right and went after two other coyotes that I didn't even see. And uh, the other dog, Mila, she comes back. She brings a coyote back turns around, faces the coyote, it's out there about 40 yards, and I'm getting ready to shoot it, and all hell breaks loose, and I look down on my GPS, and Daisy is 178 yards to my 2 o'clock, and I ran down there, and they had her just pulled apart. It It was bad, and in all honesty, we probably should have had her put down because it kind of affected her mentally she still has her prey drive and the go but there's just it it messed her up oh yeah so that that's when uh seth contacted me and said hey if you need a dog i'll send you the dog so uh and seth seth takes dogs year round uh, they hunt at night they hunt during the day and they'll have three four dogs that uh, he produces a lot of really good dogs but, yeah, I followed him on Instagram for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, man, that sucks. That's that's hard. <laughs> yeah. Do do they tangle up with them very often, or? It depends. Usually, um, like a the a typical stand where you get some cows that work that aren't just crazy mean. But they'll come in, the dogs will go to them, um, they'll turn and run, and they usually run in an arc. I've, they hardly ever just run straight. They're running in an arc, looking over their shoulder, and then uh, a lot of dogs, every dog that I've ever had kind of naturally comes back on their own. I rarely have to tone it off. And, uh, but they'll turn around and they'll start coming back to me, and the coyote will turn around and start coming after the dog and they might run up on them nip them in the butt and they'll turn and they'll be like a two second you know mm-hmm. 
and they'll break loose and the coyote will take off again and the dog will go after it. Dog back. Um, so there's a little bit of sorry, so to speak. And then there's times where, you know, they hook up for five or six seconds. And then there's times where, you know, one coyote turns into four real fast. Yeah. But, but, you know, minor cut scrapes here and there. And every now and then, you know, like happened to me, it's happened twice in eight years, but, uh, you'll get a dog hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, when, when you're doing that and you're, you're calling, how is the, like your sound sequence or whatever, is it just howls, um, like pup distresses, stuff like that, or kind of what sounds do you play to get them to come in? And then once the dogs kind of in, interact or engage with them, is that sound still playing or doing anything at all? If, if uh... As far as the sequence, if I could go back five years, five, six years, I mean, it was, it would be a howl, and then it would be on distress, then it would be growl, and then some putt-through, and just kind of play that interval deal right there, and it started changing. Uh, we had certain sounds that were like, I mean, that was the sound that I went to after the first shot was fired. And I mean, I had it all down and all of a sudden they just not, they're not working. Well. And then, you know, you go to the next year and they work even worse. And it got to the point where if I called coyotes on 10 stands, I'd have dog work on eight out of ten stands. That went to maybe two out. So there was the past couple of years it kind of really wasn't as good as it was, but it seems like it picked back up this year. But um, so now it, you know, howls, whimpers, whines, and you know there's. I play sounds, I guess, a lot of people would only play during breeding. But, you know, it's coyotes. They're making noises, and that, you know, I'm trying to let them know they're threat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what What do you think was causing the, the not the response from them for that? time i mean because like here it seems like it's kind of that way here the every year it seems like i get less and less coming in or you know i got to make double the stands to get something to come in but i feel like i see more coyotes driving around and stuff like there's more around but they're not responding as as, as yeah. much yeah. well i i i think on like the month where we don't have the dogs like to say uh, October through through March or whenever, that I think could be contributed to so many people calling and coyotes hearing so many sounds and the amount of people, you know, I 90% of the coyotes are killed by 10% of the hunt. Yes. And I, and I don't mean that as a crappy poke at guys that don't kill a bunch or haven't 
figured a few things out. It's just, that's just the way it is. And whenever you take and double the amount of coyote hunters that there were, and then the next year triple it, all of a sudden you've got all these guys out calling. And I can't tell you how many guys I know that hunt the same areas I hunt that have never killed a coyote. Yeah, and that's what I think it is. I mean, I just look at from, I mean, I haven't been coyote calling, you know, all that long, really. I'm at, I think I've been seriously just actual calling for six, seven years. But yeah. I look at, I mean, now from what I know to when I first started, the mistakes I was making, I'd hate to know how many coyotes, you know, I was, I was quote unquote educating or sure. whatever, just in the mistakes that I made. So then you double that amount of hunters doing the same thing you know i i try to tell guys you know find somebody to to teach them you know kind of mentor them and not yeah. would cut some of that but you know it, it's hard to find a good hunting partner too so that makes it difficult but because i know yeah, I, for I sure a ton when i first started i mean i didn't have a clue as to what i was doing and just it 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 is what it is you know that's part of it but but now we have double like i would come out here and we it's thousands of acres of public ground and everything and i would never see anybody and now i can't go anywhere without running into somebody so i gotta find yep. them little pockets and and just work twice as hard to get to them you know where everybody else isn't yeah yeah and i but i think I think that on that side of it. Now on the the, the flip side, during uh, denning season, why we were calling fear coyotes? Because I had a conversation with Kelly Jackson years ago, and he and I both agreed that they would never figure out the dog kill. They would come wise to it, and they did. So. You know, here I've got 80% of the coyotes that I call in are all about getting on the dog to 20%. And, but now it's probably 50 to 60%. And I know, I know some guys that it's a little bit higher than that, but, uh, I, I don't know. I guess evolution or them figuring things out and I think it gets passed on. Yeah, well, what is it, uh, uh, Kreiner had a, a biologist on his podcast a while back, I think it was his, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure, and he was saying something about, like, three years of something, and then the coyotes were able to pass that knowledge on to pups, or s something like that, and it, it made a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Rich Higgins is probably who that was, yeah, I talked to Rich quite so. a bit, He's, I think uh, so. He is a wealth of knowledge. I mean, it's just amazing to to yeah, talk the, to him. And the podcast he did with Steve on their nose was that that was unreal. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he, he breaks that down to a whole new level, you know. Yeah, he. I mean, he's PhD level type, you know. Yeah, he he's he's very knowledgeable. Rich, Rich is a good guy. Yeah. But, but yeah, I I think that I think that's a part of it, and so. But that's just you know, 
what I think. <laughs> doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> well, I think that's ninety percent of it for everybody. I mean, every everybody's every every it happens different for everybody. You know what what works for me or what I say may not be what somebody else says. You know clear across the country you know everybody's got a different experience on it so it's and it's it's not the same for anything so well let me ask you this you you can hunt at night right yes yes okay have you noticed in the past three years you noticed you had people that hardly ever killed any coyote and then when they were started hunting with thermal Yes. They they started killing. So you got guys that maybe kill three a year that are killing three or four a week. A hundred percent, yes. And now, okay, now the second year they're killing a few more. The third year it's tapering off, killing fewer. Yep, yep. That I think that's because the, they're getting an education that you don't have to have a light in your eyes for something to be up. yeah. Yeah, and see, and like, and that, like, because we run lights here, that's all, we we can't run, well, you can run thermal night vision or whatever on private ranches with, uh, it, you got to jump through a bunch of hoops, and to me, it's not worth it, I don't night hunt that much, but, so we just run lights, but, um, and I, I do not, like, I like it, it's fun every now and then, but I don't. I'm not near as successful night calling as day calling, and if I had to take a pick of the two, I would much rather day call than night hunt. Oh, me, me too. I, me it, too. And I don't, but, I don't know why, because I mean they're nocturnal animals and everything else, so you would think you know it, it should be easier or whatever. But I don't. And, and night hunting in general, from what I know that we do here, to as far as like like back east with the thermal night vision things to even the way that guys hunt in texas out of the high racks like here you know we park the truck and we'll walk away from the truck call and run our lights and everything then you got the guys in texas that are out of a high rack and everything or even i think mm -hmm. you guys can't night hunt in oklahoma can you no yeah so texas they're, they're in, in the the high racks and everything but it's right out of the truck and everything that i know is you got to get away from the truck you you can't stay in the truck you know it, and that they're going to hear that noise and they're not coming in but shoot their shotgun and i'm out of a high rack but then you go back east where they're running night vision thermal and i've always understood that we use lights and that's your camouflage because they see so good at night well if you're not putting that light in their eyes, I would think they'd be able to see you. But I see the videos of guys standing in the middle of a, a empty bean field or whatever with no cover, no nothing. So it just, you know, those little things just don't make much sense to me as to how it, it works. Yeah, and that, that the, the Texas deal, man, Texas is just a whole different world. Yeah. The, I've been down there, uh, on the ranch that uh, they won the world's on one year and that they've won, I mean, it's prime. It's as good a ground as there is. And drive around, and if you drive 400 yards and a coyote doesn't run in front of you, it's, it's a, yeah, but, uh, you're in a yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that Texas deal, I love going to Texas. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's, it's just, I mean, well, I've seen videos where they hunt out of a high rack in the daytime doing that, and I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. I would never, I, I don't want my <laughs> truck anywhere near where they can see, you know. We, we pull outside the pump jack, and these pump jacks are, they're monstrous, just ridiculous how large they are. We just pull the truck up on the opposite side of the pump jack, walk to the edge of what they call a location, you know, it's where all the gravel and stuff is, pull up, turn around, walk to the edge of the location, set up, <laughs> start calling. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, but, well, well, was it two years ago uh, that uh, Nathan Spencer, they they checked in, what, like 30-some coyotes in two days at the uh, Big Bobcat contest? No, no, no. They, uh, they checked in 63 Six, coyotes. Yeah. In 22 hours, I believe. Jeez, and then the then the next year they checked in 66. Wow, that's unbelievable. <laughs> that's yeah. now. But here's here's the deal that people need to keep in mind here with Nathan and and uh, Daniel Howard, Casey Smith, Cheston. They those guys. I think Nathan told me they were at 189 coyotes that they had pulled the trigger on in contest, and they had recovered 188. Wow. They Those guys got into a contest, a fox contest, and they killed 72 fox. Every one of them was head. Wow. So they are precision shooters. They... They function just like a fine old machine. You know, yeah. you drive, you, you know, everybody knows exactly what's going on. Um, Casey is, from what I understand, if, if you put a light on a coyote and it goes down, he can, you can shoot five of them and Casey can find every one of them with a light. He can guide those guys really? out there where they walk straight to the coyote and, uh, they're just, you know, oh. see, that's what I hate about night hunting because I shoot them and then I spend an hour looking for the dang thing <laughs> <laughs> in the dark, walking around lost. You know, <laughs> yeah, that that's unreal. But that's what it takes to win them contests. I mean, that's I just did a podcast. I seen a couple, a bunch of contests coming out this year where they're saying no sponsored hunters, no professional, whatever. And I just did a podcast talking about that about you know put it put in the work to get there those guys that are there they've they've put in their time and worked their butts off to get there and instead of guys trying to beat them and working to beat them they just complain about it and get them kicked out of these contests and but but i mean like you said those guys are they're precision shooters they they everybody knows what's going on they're they're running like a well-oiled machine and and that's what it Mm -hmm. takes to to win that you got to put in the work you know yeah yeah and they do you know they do, and there's a lot of the there's a lot of guys down there, those teams that just kill a bunch of coyotes, a bunch of cats, and uh, they uh, they're just good, you know. And it, it's a type of deal that it it just makes you shake your head. And I can imagine somebody like up from up where you're at, and guys that aren't in the Oklahoma, Texas area that have never been to Texas, I can't imagine what goes through their mind when they 
the even like the guys that check in thirty guys. Mm-hmm. It's just like holy yeah. crap! Well, I mean, what out, is deal? Yeah, out here this way, you know, we don't have near that. Those numbers like that aren't coming into contest. What was it? Uh, a year, two years ago when uh, uh, Garrett Johnson won the big one in Wyoming, and they were like twenty. Twenty-seven. No, they were 30, 32 coyotes, and Jeff Nimnick checked in like thirty or something like that, and that was yeah. the most coyotes checked into that contest ever. You know, yeah. so I mean, that's that's a big difference between sixty something and thirty something. And however, I mean, that contest in Wyoming has been going forever too, and that's the first time yeah. that many's been checked in. Yeah, but that's uh... those, those guys are killers. I mean, they're very good at what they do. Yeah. No doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I, it, I I like hunting those contests and stuff like that just because I like interacting and talking with guys like that. Like we hunted, Kelly Jackson hunted one up here three years ago, and him and uh, Aaron Evans won it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's my favorite part of the contest is after the check-in just talking and and asking those guys the questions and just listening to the stories because that was the best part of the whole weekend was the stories you know i think we checked in three coyotes or something but it it was the stories and and those people they're all they're real people you know oh yeah yeah kelly i've been i you know i'm fortunate that i've gotten to hunt with kelly quite a bit and uh, learn so much from that. It's uh, it's just uh, one of those deals. Like you, you were talking about, find somebody that knows and try to learn from them type deal. And I I knew that I needed to do that. I got you know I met Kelly and then uh, got to hunt with him and you know I've gotten. Uh, I think I heck I've gotten a couple of dogs, a couple of pups from Kelly. Yeah. But but yeah, it's uh it's cool to to have that kind of knowledge and information available to you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And that's what I tell people, all them guys they're they're easy to reach out to and talk to, you know. I've I've messaged a few guys like that. And, well, even Kelly Jackson about reloading for my two forty three and mm-hmm. they they're all willing to help if you just ask, you know. <clears throat> Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and it. What's cool about it is, you know, I've bought stuff that cost seven thousand dollars from guys over the that I know through Facebook that I've never met. That they've put it in the mail before they've received payment, and I've vice versa. And you know, you get relationships like that. You know, if you run across somebody and you're selling them a, a $1,500 scope and I see that you know them and I call you and I'm like, hey, what about John Smith over here? You're like, yeah, 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 he's good to go. I'm like, all right, that's all I need to hear. Yeah. You know, so I'll, I'll send in his, you know, make that transaction and not have any worries. Yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, it's, yeah, it's those guys are... getting farther away from that, though. <laughs> No. Not many people like that anymore, you know. It's and it, it's a sad thing, but no, yeah. no. Yeah. But no, I wanted uh, earlier you had asked on training these dogs, and I wanted to say something about that. Uh, 
I've had, I've probably made a dozen dogs and one thing I like to do when I get them is puppy. I let them be a puppy for the first eight months of their life. I don't show them any dead coyotes or anything because that, that could be intimidating. Some of them you might show a five month old puppy dead coyote and it might grab onto it and start shaking it or it might scare it, you know, make it where it's timid. Yeah. And, um, so I just let them be puppy for eight months. And I haven't found anything other than going, putting them in the field, putting coyotes in front of them. There's no simulation that I have found. It doesn't matter if you drag a coyote behind a four-wheeler and let them chase it, nip at it, all that. Dogs are, the, if a dog will go to a coyote, you've got a decoy dog. You can, you can fix anything that it does wrong for that. But you cannot make a dog go to a coyote. If that coyote's coming in and that dog doesn't want to go, you can't shove the dog. You can't, if he doesn't want to go, he's not going to go. So yeah. if you've got a dog that will go, that the rest of it's easy, man. The teaching a dog to come to a tone on the collar, you need a hot dog weenie in about three minutes. That, I mean, seriously, seriously, you can teach the stupidest dog in the world how to come to that tone with in five minutes. So, and, uh, but I put Kaya in front of, and then. Are, are you, what? when, when you're first putting coyotes in front of them, are you holding the dog like next to you or are you just like uh, running no, around? Or... No, I, I don't like, I want the dog out in front of me watching and paying attention. And if something doesn't happen in the first couple of minutes, I don't mind if they go down by the call and kind of out and out and around. I don't mind that. Um, but, and a big mistake that I see a lot of guys make they'll take a, a pup, like a five-month-old puppy, and they know that they don't want a coyote getting a hold of it. But they'll hold it, they'll put it on a leash, and they'll, they'll keep it right there by them. Mm-hmm. And that is the last thing I want. I don't want that dog to be comfortable by me. I, I want it to get out in front of me and away. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, just, put coyotes in front of them and I everybody I've talked to if there's if there's something else you can do that that helps they're not telling me they're cheap <laughs> um what what's the percentage roughly or how often do the coyotes work the dogs versus kind of you know hang back and and not really engage is is it quite a bit in the right time of year or it's picking back up um you know a couple of years ago like i said it was you know 20 percent. it it just it almost wasn't even fun yeah. and it's picking up now i'd say you know it's 50 60 percent getting better good good <clears throat> Do you, you think that that i'm well what's your take as far as is that like up to your average 
in that time of year having the dogs other than like when they get busted downwind but as far as coyotes hanging up and not coming in that time of year sitting back just regular calling does the dogs increase your success rate i guess other than the the downwind and bringing them back well no if you if you were just doing it from a calling aspect of coyote called in i don't know and i can't think of very many instances where well, sometimes, most of the time, the coyotes are coming in, they're focused on that sound source, where the sound's coming from, mm-hmm. and they're coming in, and they're not coming in because they saw a dog first. Yeah. So they're it's just coming mostly, in to, mostly just for the love of running the dogs and the interaction that you get is is why, not yeah, necessarily yeah, now, killing more coyotes. Just, just, like, just like guys running cats or whatever, it, it's it, or waterfowl guys. They just love working the dogs, so it, it's just kind of the same, same type. Of yeah, thing. yeah. And if you got right down to it, you probably, you know, if you if you hunted your spring and summer without dogs versus with dogs, I'd say the with dogs you kill fifteen percent more, maybe, okay. maybe twenty. So a little better. That's good though. Um, what what do you do as far as keeping fleas, ticks, and and mange from getting into the dogs? Uh, I use what is it that I use? Fleas. Uh, it's a termicide, <laughs> and. Uh, and uh, but it's what's in it, it is what's in the tablets that you would buy for fleet. Mm-hmm. So uh, I use that. I'll try to go to my notes page. How to get there? Termidor. I use Termidor for for pick, and uh, it's a termicide. I mix uh, one part Termidor, one part water, and half part alcohol, and I put one cc per 10 pounds of body weight between their shoulders and that gets ticked and a conserve is what i use for fleas it's called conserve and i can't remember what the active drug it is but i give that orally one cc per 10 pounds of body weight and then uh, i spray my kennels with bison or biffin whatever the finifrin, I think, is the, the long word for it. But I spray my kennels with that, and it we don't have scorpions, ants, ticks, nothing. I mean, there are not any insects around my house at all. That's what I need, <laughs> That's what I need for the dang mosquitoes here in the summertime. Yeah, yeah I've got something that I spray mosquitoes, too. And as far as, as, far as mains go, uh, I've never had transfer to. I've never had a dog catch it that had. Oh, okay, okay. And I can't remember. I don't think that's how they get it. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I just like I know um, some years here. It seems like some years are better than others, but 
Uh -huh. I haven't killed a, a real mangy one for a little while. It, they've had the start of it, but nothing too bad for a couple years. But when when I first moved out here, where I'm at now, man, they were I was killing mangy ones, just not like not a hair on them, just blistering mangy suckers for a while. But and I was just curious. I don't, I don't know how it's transmitted or anything i try if they're mangy i'll drag them off and then throw them in the burn barrel or or take them to the dump and just trying to keep as much of it out as possible for leaving it in the field i guess i don't know if it helps yeah. but it does in my mind i guess yeah i yeah i've never uh, i can't remember i've read that that's not how it's transmitted you know like if my dogs run up grab a hold of it there's contact, yeah. but yeah, I, I know most of the areas that we have it around here is mostly around um, feedlots and hog farms. Just they're <laughs> everything's eaten off the same dead carcasses and stuff. So you travel all over the country quite a bit, or you stay mostly in Oklahoma or Oklahoma and Texas. Um. Mostly Oklahoma and Texas here the past couple of years, but I've been to Arkansas a couple of times. I went down and hunted with Tori and Dave and, and, uh, Dayton and Carrie Wayne a few years ago. And I've uh, been Kansas quite a few times with, uh, Jeff Ryder. He's probably his YouTube channel is called Decoy Doggers. And that, uh, those are probably some of the videos you've watched. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some of his, and then, uh, yeah. uh, what, Levi, Levi Johnson, I think Johnson. in Montana, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then I guess, uh, I think it's been seven years ago, we went, my, me and my hunting partner went to South Dakota. Oh, okay, okay. Do you notice anything, much difference in hunting different parts of the country like that or i mean is it you're still doing yeah. basically the same thing or well what i noticed in south dakota i mean there were places where we were at when it was dark you could do a complete circle and not see a light mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean we're out in the middle of nowhere yeah that, that's kind of how it is around here sometimes in some areas yeah and we're calling. We're out there. We're getting set up. There's, there's coyotes 700 yards downwind, you know, going, working their way downwind. And everything, every time we saw coyotes, they were downwind 400 yards plus. And uh, so we finally, <laughs> the, the third day, we, we set up and one of us was close enough to run the call and the other one was about 400 yards downwind <laughs> and we were we started killing coyotes we're still having to make 200 yard shots but yeah. we, we got i think we got five kills and, uh, but can't believe it took us two days to put it together <laughs> but, but, but once we did yeah it worked yeah it's just yeah that was crazy yeah, that something was crazy. so easy that you don't even think about it, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, but that that was the main thing that I noticed up there. And, uh, you know, Texas, I don't know, there's just more coyotes. <laughs> and and um, there's time, you know, and there's times, you know, I've been down at David's and 
made four or five stands and not see a coyote. And then the next day, like I was talking about, if you drove 400 yards and didn't see a coyote, it was it was a bad day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but it, uh, but yeah, South Dakota is the main place, the main one that I noticed with the with the coyote going so far down. But you're you're calling and everything, still doing the same type of thing. Nothing really changing there. I mean, I always kind of, mm-hmm. I haven't really, I haven't hunted you know, that many places out of state or anything like that. So, but I I always kind of just coyote's a coyote, you know? Yeah. And I can't figure out, I think I agree that a coyote's a coyote, but why can't they call coyotes during the day in the east? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, you know, and I know the guys that are saying that you can't call them or, can dang sure call coyotes, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Just, I mean, yeah, because you never hear anybody talking about day calling in the east very, very often. It's not a, mm-hmm. not that popular. No, and from you know, from after hunting the eastern a couple of times and kind of seeing, I was like, all right, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How was that? Uh, it was, it's fun. It, um, you know, I'm, (laughs) I'm a realist and I know that there are about half a dozen teams that put a whole lot of effort into that have prime ground and they've got their stuff in order. And it, you know, I knew we weren't going to play. We were hoping maybe to kill the biggest or the smallest coyote, and uh, we didn't get that done. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, we we got some. I think we checked in three or four coyotes, and uh, you know enough that the way they had it broke down, each coyote I think for everybody was worth eighty three dollars or something like that. Yeah. Did, well, that, did that you was pretty up, cool. Did you hunt any of the other legs of that? Thing. Uh, no, uh, no, just the. I don't know. I'm running out of questions. <laughs> um, l- let me ask you what what would be one the biggest piece of advice you'd give to a new caller to get started? The the something that you wish you'd have known a lot sooner when you started. A new caller, I would say. Listen to Rick Higgins on Steve's podcast and learn everything you can about a coyote's nose. And you, once you know that there's nothing you're going to do that's going to pull their nose, then you just learn a coyote's cycle of life. You know, know what's going on right now in mid-January know what's going to be going on in two weeks from now. And when you understand how their world works, you have a better chance to kill them. And uh, by the time you think you've got them figured out, they'll show you that you don't. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Every time. Yeah, that would be it. Uh, Understand their nose and how to uh, play the wind. I think that, 
is probably the people that I talk to that are just starting or are not successful are baffled when I explain to them how well a coyote smells. Yes. Yeah. And uh, but so that that those two things right there, that's what I would say would are the most Okay, right on. Yeah, I 100% agree. That's that's good. Um, well, you got anything else you want to throw out there? <clears throat> well, you know, when another thing on that, on giving them advice, if if you were if you're a football team and you're playing town next door. You're going to watch film on You're going to know what plays they run when it's second and five. You're going to know what they're going to do if it's third and one. You study your opponent, and you figure them out and try to learn as much as you can about them, and then you go in more prepared. Yes. Next, next week, you've got a new team. You watch their film. You learn as much as you can prepare. So on that, that comes back to learning, learning about the coyote because there are all kinds of papers in the 60s, 70s on guys that literally live desert in Arizona did coyote. And it explains so much about what makes a coyote tick. Yeah. But it takes time to sit there and read. Yeah. So it, if you're... If you're really wanting to know, you'll put forth a few hours a week for a few weeks and read all that stuff and learn quite a bit. Yeah, exactly. Well, that goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, putting in the work. Just, you got to put in the work and do the time to to get it figured out. I mean, um, so with that, you know, do you, do you scout at all? Like going out locating at night, or um, or, or do you you just kind of hunt the places that you know know they're at from years of experience, or yeah, um, from years of experience. And one thing, like I can pull up pull up Google Earth and and look at a property and have a pretty good idea where the cows are going to be. Not all the time, but most of the time, I'm very confident when I walk in there and I'm getting set up that I'm at, at the right spot for where, where the coyotes are. Now, if you had me on a deer property and I looked at it, uh, I can't tell you you need to stand over here for a north wind because I don't, I don't understand deer very well. Yeah. So I understand coyotes a little bit, but, um, deer, I don't understand hardly at all so i can't tell you how to hunt yeah so what are what are things you're looking at in that um tree lines some brush cover you know open spot where i can try to you know get them out to and uh, you know there's times that we have to hunt trees most of the time we've got rifle shots yeah but 
I hate hunting in the trees. I hate hunting in cover. <laughs> I'm from the, I'm basically Eastern Kansas or Western Kansas. You know, there's no cover, but a, a yucca bush or something. If I'm lucky, and I get in, uh, we got a few areas that got a little bit of pinion junipers and stuff. And I hate calling in there when I can't see for, if I can't see two, 300 yards, I don't want to be there. <laughs> I just, I just don't know what, what's going to happen. You know, they just pop out at wherever. I don't, I like watching them work from a long ways away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my partner likes watching them too. I, I just want them to show up. <laughs> I just want them to show up. Stand still. Yep. Yep. But that's just, I, I don't hunt that stuff very often or I don't have that much of it. So it's not it's not my thing like I, I look at it and i'm looking i'm like well shit i can't see downwind very far i can't see here it's like all he's got to do is skirt around me at 60 yards and i'll never see him you know i just i, I don't like it yeah <clears throat> but all right well i think that's all that i got for you um, all right i i appreciate you coming on and and sharing that with us and coming on here for the podcast so yeah and and i want to stress that like i said my experience firsthand and not saying that my way is the only way uh, because i'm sure there are guys that do things a different so uh just want to say that one more time <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah every everybody is doing everything different i mean there's there's more than one way to skin a cat so yeah so all righty man well thanks i appreciate you coming on um oh, you bet thanks. thank you yep thanks everybody for listening uh good luck hunting and god bless take care everybody